Blended. All right, here we go. There we go. All right. All right, we are live on thepointofthings.com. Hello. This is The Point of Things with George Capalbo and Tom Shattuck. And here they are. In a previous lifetime, barrel jumping ice show sensations Frick and Frank, Tom Shattuck and George Capalbo. All right. We're reincarnated barrel jumpers on Convinced. So, uh, are Frick and Frack actual barrel jumpers? Yeah, well, they were. I think they actually were trick skaters. I don't know if you re- you're maybe not old enough for this. I remember these guys were at the end of their career, and they would come through with the ice shows, and they'd always be a TV commercial, like on the local UHF station, of one of them. I don't know if it was Frick or Frack, bending over backwards and sailing over his head, sailing over a, a row of barrels, and the other guy jumping. It was. Was, oh, and, I see. And he wore a little pork pie hat, and he would take it off and wave it as he did the upside down, you know, leaning back. Uh, I'm leaning back, actually, in my chair doing this. I see. I didn't even know what a barrel jumper was. I thought it was somebody who went in over a waterfall. Uh, I think. I, well, that, I think that's that's um, that's just just uh, going over over a waterfall in a barrel. Barrel jumper is actually they are on skates, and they leap in the air and clear barrels. And I think frickin' frack oh. could also clear barrels. We definitely, my family, as a young kids, we definitely caught the end of the ice show craze, the ice capades, and um, there was a couple others just like that. They each have an Olympic star like Dorothy Hamill, and right. um, who was a beautiful one with the with the bob haircut, kind of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, was Every, that Dorothy Hamill? It, it was because had, she was this. She was this in the seventies. There, there were two big ones in the seventies. One was Dorothy Hamill, and what was the other one? Uh, was she in the Bond film? No, come on. That was eighties. One was cute. So one was yeah. Cute Dorothy Hamill was, was cute, but there was uh, Peggy. Peggy Fleming was Fleming, late sixties. Yes, she was right. late sixties. She was six. She was the nineteen sixty eight Olympic skating champion. I see, but she was definitely she was still on tour in, in the. Oh ice yeah, shows absolutely. In the I think that's what they all did. They send them out <laughs> to pasture. They do the ice show tour. Remember that, George? And remember the circus when they had animals and big. Uh, <laughs> I know. My mother had a huge crush on Gunther Gable Williams. Do you know him? No. The lion tamer, the bleach blonde oh. German lion tamer. As opposed to the guy that just died after being mauled by his, his uh, lion in Vegas. Right? Uh, right. The magician. That's, um, right. No, yeah. For the, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Things were never the same for him, man. I, it, yeah, that's that's a pretty one. sad. Pretty sad. It was not good. Well, apparently he, had, he was having a stroke. That's what he said. And the and the, the tiger it was actually a tiger was was protecting him, right? By, whatever, you know, whatever it, gets him through the night. It made, yes. it made him feel better, I guess. So, by Can the you way, talk about the barrel jumpers, George. The barrel jumpers, yes. I, I just got a short uh, speech. I have to say. All right, I do have some ice capades music for this. Hang on, I'll, I have some uh, ice capades music for oh, you. Thank Ready? goodness. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Talk about the barrel jumpers and the tra- trapeze artists and the flying Olendas and the Gunther Gable Williams and the um, who is the guy in the motor- motorcycle jump the shark? Um, Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel and uh, the the freaking frat guys and all these people who lived on the edge. I just heard a stat about people in England being willing to be shut down. In quarantine in their homes, yes, like seventy-five percent of them, or something, said they'd be willing to do it indefinitely. Well, I think they're just doing it. Well, right. but 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 George, talk about the death of wonderlust. 
Yeah, I'm fine, and we've got it in this, in like in this country too. We've got a lot of people. I don't even know how much is about being worried about. They're just fine with the government telling you to just stay inside. And well, I mean, and, I think people are having different reactions to it. As a matter of fact, do you have squirrels? Would you like a picnic table for them? It um, seemed like a non sequitur, but this is Mary Treza of Bolingbroke, Illinois. She's been she's been self isolating, and she's been making picnic tables for squirrels. And is now selling them online, and apparently is having a is is found a new career selling squirrel picnic tables. Well, that's nice. It's funny you should say that because we just seconds ago before I got up here, yeah, my little son found three chipmunks in the yards. Really, yeah, baby, baby chipmunks. Wow. So either the parents Dave just split. Oh, definitely. He would, yeah, because these guys these guys were, were were kind of just walking around slowly. Right. So the going. The going uh, theory is that you you, you should leave, give them a few hours because sometimes the parents will come back. They're just doing something or the kids got lost somehow. Right. It was some kind of chase or whatever. But I uh, hope the little fellow's all right. And, uh, yeah, I like the idea that this being shut in is at least creating, for some people, creativity like that. Um, and making new people entrepreneurs, I think that's great. I, I just worry that there that there's a whole part of society, regardless of the health factor, that's just really fine if we never go back to this. Then this is what the, how the question was posed. I think in England was regardless of right. It, are you okay with this? And they said, yeah, I'm fine, just staying at home watching Netflix, and you tell me what to do. Well, I do think the, it's a smaller country than the U.S. We do have our, our listeners in England, by the way, have sent us some, sent us some content today. But I'll get to that later. But uh, in, it is a different social structure. I believe there is more of a, um, let's say, is, is a socialist kind of uh, a bent to the way the government's run. There are more payments and things like that. So I think that's a thing that goes on. Although, I think England, there's a lot of commerce as well. But yes, I mean, here in the U.S., I have some friends that, that, as one guy said, well, you know, I I'm, want to get back to my job, but right now I'm actually making more money not being paid because of, of these extra benefits they've added. So mm -hmm. it's it's sort of, um, and of course, like everyone, right? If, if we were just given a life of ease with, not, with nothing to do, we'd go crazy, but maybe not for a while. I don't know. If, if, you're all, if your needs are met, I think, yeah, that... This is not a, a. This is not an episode of Star Trek where they they figure out what the disease is in the first five minutes. You know, the last fifteen minutes of the show, and everyone's fine. You know, Spock has two eyelids or something, right? And he's he's good. This is kind of a gray area. Do we keep the economy closed and people don't have jobs and businesses go away, or do we? You know, who do we save? So I think right now that's I think that's what's going on in the country. Mm -hmm. And so. And by the way, I yeah. must say to you, to go back to this, uh, the co as a contrast, I have a point. This is called the point of things. The contrast between some people are using this time constructively, some people are having a big problem. Here's a, here's a little police interview. Why don't you listen to this? I listen to radio. I've listened to thousands and thousands of calls. This one's up there in the top ten. Okay, Modesto, California. Guy pulls over a tanker truck. Gets in front of it, jumps out of it. He's in his underwear. It's a tanker truck full of red wine. And he disappears <laughs> behind it. And the truck driver drives off. And then notices Indiana Jones-like in his mirrors. This guy has now run behind the truck, jumped up on it. He climbs. Again, he's barefoot in his underwear. He jumps underneath the truck, opens the spigot, and starts drinking red wine, guzzling it out of the bottom of the truck, going at 40 miles an hour. And they lost 
5,000 bottles of wine equivalent, thanks to this 39-year-old guy's antics. Well, so, I think that... Right. So, I believe... he was charged with a misdemeanor, which I guess it is, but, uh, you know, but what can I say? I believe we applaud that gentleman, George. I, I had to look, about... I, Tom. I had to look at the name, to make sure it wasn't one of us. You know, I, right. it wasn't me or you. I'd forgotten or it was you, and you had a bad. You know, you know. I think there are people going crazy that are that are being. And well, I certainly want to get out and do dice. things. He did. I mean, rather than, I mean, just rather than just be in like curled up in your house and rewatching Netflix stuff and you know posting pictures of. of skirt you make for your Pomeranian on Instagram. <laughs> At least people do something. That's why this poll and the idea that people aren't getting out is, is crazy to me. It's crazy. How many of those My, people would just stay in anyway? I mean, there, there is a certain uh, I think part of the population that that really likes to just stay in and be by themselves, but they do have a job or they do have whatever, they're retired or whatever, and they don't get out. So, you know, I, I don't know. You and I, un, unlike that, we, we wouldn't, I could not live that way. I am. I'm beginning to get outside and do things. I do have my. Right. I do have a mask now, and because uh, I couldn't couldn't get any. Because I went to a tire place. I think I think I mentioned that I've I've worn out the rear tires on my Italian fast car in nine thousand miles for many fast starts, which is what it's built for. So I had to get new tires, and I took it to this tire place, and there's a guy in the parking lot, and he's wearing a mask, and he looks at me, and he says, "Where's your mask?" And this is before the the, the state order that you must have a mask mm -hmm. if you can't distance yourself. And I said, well, I don't have one. So I, I pulled my turtleneck over my mouth. I, well, you can't go in the store. And so I pulled my turtle. They let me in and I did my, my tire thing and I'm fine. And, you know, nothing bad happened. But uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a weird time. It's certainly a historical time. And uh, I believe right now that the, you know, democracy is messy, Tom Shattuck. And right now it's mm -hmm. very messy. There's There's a lot of People complaining and, and arguing and people, you know, on, on, on both sides. And the whole thing is is become fairly politicized, which is a sad thing right. because that's going to lead to more to more people not having a good outcome from this. Right. It, it has. And it's become politicized. And I think one of the problems is, is that if you've watched the experts on TV, you've seen, among other things, them trying to come across very with a, a lot of certitude very soberly and analytical and as if they've got it all under control and that includes Fauci and Burks and the state level people as well and they speak with great knowledge and understanding and they let you know it's as if and they probably are trained to put you at ease just so that you can see the level of competence that they've got and so when they've um, when they've pivoted a couple times, you know, to me, I felt underserved. I'm like, wait a second, you jerked us around about masks because you didn't want us to go buy them, so you lied. So there's been some of the things they've done that, to me, just I've, I lost faith in their consensus. But George, yes. something happened yesterday, tell me again today, that has renewed my faith in the actual medical community, not necessarily the talking head medical community. It's all local, isn't it? The people on the ground well, are the ones that matter. But go ahead. I believe that's where this is going. Keep going. Right. So yesterday, I'm I'm jumping my wife's car and driving somewhere. And I hit like AM, FM. And by mistake, I hit satellite. Ah. Because I don't have satellite. But the satellite button is there. Right. And the, I'm getting a satellite channel. 
Oh. So I'm like, oh, geez, I wonder if they're giving this stuff away for Occasionally free they do thing. it free. Occasionally they'll turn it on and go right. free for, for a bit. Yes. So I noticed I got about four channels. One was a news channel and one was a like a, I guess, sports be. reminiscent channel. And then two others. One of them was this channel called The Doctor Show. Have you heard about this? Uh, no. So on Sirius XM, it's called The Doctor Show or The Doctor Channel. I think it's The Doctor Show. And... It's it was these doctors from Langone Medical Center in Manhattan. One of the the hosts is named Doctor Billy um, Goldberg. Okay, the guy was an incredibly talented radio host. He's he's so good at it. He was being irreverent. He was saying off color jokes. It was I'm like, what the free is this? It is a, it is satellite. To, you could say anything you want. He's talking. To, yeah, I know, but he's a working doctor at work. And he's talking to three other doctors from around the country. I think two. One was in New York City at another place, maybe Bellevue. That's and not a COVID nineteen uh, center, by the way, Bellevue. That's a different, uh, a different <clears throat> that's issue. A public hospital. So, that's a, so, but, but here's the thing: um, is that um, first they they say like, "Hey, what's going on? Uh, what's going on in the emergency room down there in New York City?" And he said, "Well, we're we're we're, we're the." The good news is is that the COVID patients wards we've we've isolated more and more, and so less of the hospitals taken up taken up by respiratory stuff, like it used to be. The whole hospital was wait was respiratory. Right. And he said, we've, we, so we've certainly crushed the curb, and normalcy is returning to the hospital because we're getting all the old stuff, all the old crime, assault, battery. He talked about a woman being attacked by a guy with a box cutter, and uh, another person being uh, run over by a bicycle. And it's drug, the good old days. Over. The good old days of right. return. Right. right. And they're joking about it because maybe. You know, people. it's kind of they're they're just used to gallows humor, you know, yeah. or whatever. And they're like, "Yeah, but there's another day in the life." And and then and one of the other doctor says, "So thanks for for lightening the day up for us all." And they're saying, "Well, that's how it is in, in the emergency room." And then they took calls about COVID, etc. And it was fascinating. They said they don't know a lot. They said they don't know the disease. The the um they know it's a it's a type of pneumonia. It's super aggressive, and it hit them all in, in the last few months. They had no time to get ready. Almost nothing's known about it. There's right. little cross-sections of information. All the testing is flawed, up to 40% flawed sometimes. So they can only, the testing only gives them a little strand of information if they can make patterns out of it. They said that it's essentially that all they know is that this the thing is really deadly to certain portions of, of folks that they've had in there, certain demographics. Um, Correct. It is and, no joke at and, all because there's certainly right. It's no joke, and that they don't have any answers. And so they essentially, it, it was like these guys were just under siege, using anything, throwing everything against the wall, trying to figure it out. And they said we simply, in as far as drugs like uh, chloroquine or whatever, and dramoxacil or all these whatever, they said we we just don't know. It seems like this drug may be good for preventative. This drug may be okay for this. Uh, zinc may be something that's working for. Um, for some, certain people, we don't know. We don't. We just don't know. They said the masks are, you know, people with the public wearing the masks. Yes, yeah, seemingly yes. It, it makes sense. It's logical that you wouldn't be coughing out f liquid particles if you have a mask on. So yes, in that sense, it's it's fine. But they don't vouch for it being, you know, any kind well, of safeguard. Well, right, so let me say this about masks. So I, I've but, been but, in Japan a few times. I've been in Japan a few times. People or, wear or, masks right. when they're ill. Not when they're to keep from getting ill. Keep going. Right. So, so right. I get you. And, and, uh, and so, at the end of the day, they said 
we just don't know much about this thing. We don't know. We don't know what's what is, they said as far as the antibodies go. They don't know if you've got it, gotten it. If you you can get it again, you might be able to get it again. We don't know. So if you've gotten it, act as if you could get it again. They say if you test negative for a test but don't feel good, assume you've got it. They said essentially they said they have. It, it sounded George. Essentially, they said, we have no fucking idea, but we're doing everything we can to fight it. That yeah. was what I gleaned from all of these doctors, and it was so refreshing. That's it the Hippocratic so Oath, isn't it? That is, that is the well, oath they take. Oh, all the doctors I know they, are they're, they're just, they there to save you. They said what they believed. They right. said what they meant. They didn't polish it. They said, we don't know. This is effed up. Batten down the hatches and work with us. <clears throat> if, that, if that's what I heard from Fauci and Burks and everybody else... Then I get it, but they don't want to say that because you know they're we're trying to you know get everybody peace of mind and make you feel like whatever. No, I thought this was great. This radio show and they replayed yesterday's today. Right. It's like it's like Channel Eleven, or whatever. In serious, it's the doctor's show. It, it this doctor, this Billy uh, Goldberg, was the doctor who was the best host. But there's a bunch of doctors on it. It's like sixty eight doctors are hosts on this thing. But Georgia, I, <clears throat> it was so reassuring for somebody to tell you. Like it is. And it's funny, if you're in the hospital, that's what you want too. Right. You know, you want somebody, just tell me what's going on here. Give me the, you know. And so I would suggest people listen to that. I was I was so blown away. I'm probably going to write about it at this point this week. Some, I think some you should. Point. I think you absolutely should. Well, you know, the uh, three people that I know that have, that have been ill, one of them was very young. And she just did lots of Gatorade, lots of Tylenol, and lots of sleep and got over it. Mm -hmm. Second guy was in his forties, and he did sort of the same thing, but it was sort of weird. And he said, "Like he's he's fine now, but he's saying there's still some weird stuff going on, like stomach kind of things like that, right?" So it's it's he said it was not fun. He would get winded just walking around his house, and you know never went to a hospital, stayed home. Just end of story. He's but he's okay now. And the third guy was older in his sixties and had a heart valve replacement. He was worried. He he holed himself up in a hotel. And he actually had a doctor friend prescribe one of the many cocktail things for him. And he said it didn't wasn't dramatic, but he got better. And now he's fine. He said, I talked to him last week. He said, I'm out running two and a half miles. I feel great. So, yeah, you know, and I think that's 80 percent of the people. But if you're so if you're in a nursing home and you're older and you've got some mm -hmm. problem and people that sadly people that are in those care homes, those nursing homes have some type of issue that requires them to be there and this is this is whacking them so you know i think the positive thing about all the the sacrifices we're all making is that we've decided to choose those lives over you know money right but there's some point where it'll cross over and it'll be more of a negative well yeah yeah you have more mean, people never... more people going and, and climbing under tanker trucks is the music that is and drinking wine i mean you know really uh, well well, the other problem is now is, you know, Boston is imposing more restrictions now because the mayor, right. what these guys I heard say was that that they thought that 5% of the country has gotten COVID and that maybe 20% of New Yorkers have gotten COVID. But right. unfortunately, to stop the illness, you need 60% of people to have gotten, to have the antibody. Correct. To be immune from the virus. You need 60% immunity. To stop the fruit spread for good. So since we didn't create herd immunity now, because everybody hid in Boston, not sixty percent of well, people didn't everywhere, get it. everywhere really. Right. So now, so what did we do? Did we help ourselves or hurt ourselves? I guess we prevented the surge of a million patients at one time. Well, the point was, I, guess. I mean, Italy got overwhelmed. 
and remember that's a much older population mm-hmm. and they're Italians they and it's it's an old it's an old country things are close together people sit in restaurants they talk they kiss right. they hug and they've they, also taken Italy has also taken huge population influxes in the last 10 years true right but Which they they were they were whacked they were whacked hard their hospitals were yeah. overwhelmed and that's what I think that's what scared the world to be honest and that's what started the whole thing i mean they were the first lockdown i mean Tom Shattuck, you know, I was in New York the weekend of 6th, 7th, and 8th of March. And at my college radio national convention, I'm on the board of the Intercollegiate Broadcasting System, IBS. You can't forget it, but it's actually Intercollegiate Broadcasting System, nothing to do with a stomach illness of any kind. But we talked to the city of New York and said, are we good? They said, enjoy yourself. Enjoy New York. Four days later, Mm -hmm. it it all shut down. And that weekend, I saw people out doing things. I, you know, it didn't seem that much different to me. It was a nice Sunday in Central Park. People are running, riding, you know, their bicycles, couples holding hands. It's spring. It's a nice, it's a nice day. And then the world caved in. So it right. must have been spreading. And I'll tell you, I mean, we, our organization went out and bought hand sanitizer, like lots of it. And we had a hard time getting it because that stuff all disappeared. And, um, but right. we got some. And I decided not to take the subway while I was in New York. As a matter of fact, the, one of the, the guy I mentioned is his mid-40s. He would take the train to work every day. He said all the other people in his office were, and you met him. It's Lawrence from, from uh, West Coast, right? Right. Um, everyone else was driving in. He said, I'm the only guy who took the train, so I think that's how I got it. So I decided that was my only decision. Plus, it was nice. It was nice weather, so I, and I like walking in New York. So I did not get ill, although I started coming down something before I left, and then I had something kind of when I was back, and I'm and, what is this? And then the world caved in, but I'm but I'm fine. So did I have it? Did I not have it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been, I'm, you know, my my plan for this is I've been working out like a fiend. I am in the best shape of my life because I figure if I really? get sick, yep, I've been doing weights, I've been running, I've been doing all sorts of stuff. I'm good. I am. I'm. Uh, I feel fantastic. So I figure that's going to put me in better shape if I get ill. Right. Right. So because yeah. So one thing I would have to take umbrage with what you said, George. You said it's bad, tape putting lives over, over uh, capitalism or something, George. And I think that that uh, that's a nice saying, but I would say that there are a lot of people who are financially ruined now. So it's well, that that, and that's like I said, that that's the trade-off. How long do you do that? Right. If we can well, do yeah, it for three we weeks. But we can't do it if, forever. If we know that this is if this is killing immunocompromised people and old people, then we need to isolate them and not the world. This we can never. This country can never do this again. Oh, we I, I mean, I think it was I think new. right. I think you're going back, going back to what you just said. We have no idea what this is. So right. what what is our society at base is very litigious, right? What is every organization as lawyers? Their job is to mitigate risk. So they basically all the lawyers are in charge of this, and it's all. It's all mitigating any possible risk, which means no one can go anywhere. It seems like the the that seemed like the least of all, and 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 now people are fighting back. I mean, in Massachusetts, there are people. I was it was kind of a little little um, startling. People showed up outside the governor's home mm-hmm. peacefully. It seems you know they didn't try to break in or anything, but they were protesting. So there's a there's a facet of people that want to stand and going to get back to their lives and saying you know I can't be without work and I. And I agree. I mean, what's the trade? It's a trade-off. It's like it's a gray area. And I think we're getting to the point where things are starting to open up. And states are opening up. And I think I just saw a thing this morning that apparently, and I think it's, you know, it's how long has Georgia been open? Two weeks? And there's not a huge, um, you know, upswing in people getting sick. But how long does it take for it to happen? I don't know. I think there's still some jury out on all this thing going. Mm -hmm. But I think 
people are starting to open up. I mean, it's tough. Can you imagine? There's no sports. There's no... Well, there's no MIT flea, Tom Shattuck. Remember we went to the MIT right. flea? Today would be MIT flea day. And right. there's but, no MIT flea. the thing flea. was, is that you, nothing. You, you want to present... You want, you, we wanted to avoid hitting a 98% spike up by making... In, Right. over a month by making it a 20% spike over four months. And like, we've, we've kind of done the, it's two months. The spot. It's the or middle of May, it's, but it seems but, like six years, like, but it's two months. Right. So, I mean, we've kind of done what we're supposed to March, April, May. It is May. Uh, so, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I understand. I just, this is not going to be good. It's, there's a really good possibility that the financial cliff, the disaster, is we have yet to begin that descent. And uh, if, if, if things stay happens, closed, I believe I so so you know I am an optimist, but I feel like look at look at both of us. We want to go out and do everything, right? And I think everyone is the same way. Places that have opened up, there are restaurants in California that we've had our best weekend ever. I mean, everybody wants to be out and doing things. Right, but there'll be entire industries that will never get back to. Well, certainly, restaurant industry, re service industries, restaurants, hotels, all that—that that is mm -hmm. that is being hit the, the hardest. Right, and included in the services uh, category is our media, like what I do. Correct, and in TV, and all, all, in the revenues are creating all for everybody. Right. You yeah, know, and it's. Uh, there's not a, there's not a happy just, answer. It's not a happy situation. There's not a happy answer, and I, I think we don't know what's going to happen. I'm just hoping that that right. things are. I mean, all we really need is a solid treatment. And if the I, you got to imagine every one of these biotech companies that you know, if you're if you're in the Boston area, you go into, into Cambridge, Mass, and Kendall Square. It's all been transformed in the last 15 years. It's all biotech factories, and and that's all about life. And that's mm -hmm. all over the country, that all over the world. I think all those people right now are working as hard as they can to try to figure this out and come up with a treatment. And right. there are some people, yes. So it's not nineteen eighteen, right? But there are some people in biotech who are there with um, with beakers and in a lab and lab coats and they're in working and all that stuff. There are some people who worked in cubicle farms, and those people are never going back. I think. I don't think a company would ever say, yes, let's put everybody, let's put 800 people in four floors again. I think those days are over. And I've got a, my, a friend who works for a very prestigious nonprofit in Boston that because of the name, I would say it's a family dynasty name yeah. um, in Boston, um, you know, has to or ha always had to be in Boston. It just made sense. And they moved out of Beacon Hill, essentially, mm. into Government Center, which is a little less nice. And now they're going to clean out the office tomorrow, and they're mm. never working in a central location again. Mm. It's, that's over. And that's just one place that had maybe 20 employees. But there's got to be there's going to be a mass working exodus out of Boston, which will improve the traffic situation certainly. But I also think that people who live in Boston right now are saying, "Why I'm not living in this place that can so easily become Chernobyl overnight?" Where I, I was here for the vibrant vibrancy, and you know, it, I was essentially under house arrest. I am moving out, and I think that it, that. There's going to be these satellite areas around Boston, like, and I know that wherever anybody's listening, you've got these as well. Where, where uh, for us, it'd be a place called like, like Assembly Row, where there's all these restaurants together, new restaurants and beautiful housing, etc. Right. And these satellite cities will become essentially the new hub, and then 
other cities uh, like up up where I am and where you are, George, will be people are going to flock to these places. They already are. You know, people want to, you know, where I am, even more so than you, because you've got houses around you where I am. Like we didn't we're in quotes quarantine, even though we've been playing with the next door neighbors. Right. Since day one. Your neighbors aren't as close as mine. Uh, Right. Not by like not by like miles, but like by 100 feet. You're further away. But so like up where up here where I am, you know, we've got freedom, you know, you know, and there was never the buzz of the city up here to miss because we already were on a a Mars colony. Right. You know, so I think it's it's going to make it more uh, more desirable for people to get the hell out of Dodge. Well, you know, I mean, I think it's it's that seems like the reaction now. But I honestly think. Uh, it, after this is, I mean, all right, let's go back and look what happened in the 1918 pandemic, or there was absolutely no medicine of any kind other than they could clean your wounds. You know, they could they could clean up after you, but they had no mm-hmm. penicillin or maybe they had some painkillers. I don't know, but they had nothing. Um, two years later it was the roaring, tw- the roaring 20s. New York was packed. Okay, so it's, I believe it'll come back, but it's just how long, you know, how do we mitigate the? How do how do we balance the effect of we're, we have to have an economy? Otherwise, it's going to be worse. The people are starving to death and dying and, and all that, which is not something that this generation has or any generation since the Great Depression has really lived through. Boy, we're dark right. today. This is dark. Well, well, you also had people coming right out of a world war too. Correct. So, I mean, I think there was people were ready for some peacetime prosperity. Right, but that was that you was know, forty forever, million George, people right? around the world. That's, that was forty million was, people on the world. That was the same kind of thing. If you go find the articles about that, the streets were deserted. People were in. People were in, and that was a lot quicker of an illness. This was like weeks. Mm-hmm. That was like hours. And and it was it was affecting people who were in their prime of their life, twenties through forties, mm-hmm. and as and well as older and kids. Whereas right. this and is the sadly older people, right? That, this it, social distancing thing has been going on for centuries. Quarantino, quarantine is an mm-hmm. Italian word for. It's all started. It's my half my heritage, the Italian side, right? So Italy has uh, had this issue before. So it's happened before. It'll it'll happen again, but no fun to go through it and uh, let's hope that it's it's going to get better so by the way we do have uh, so slightly more um <laughs> i don't know is this a happier note have you heard of the, the the uss nevada has been found this is from was this from a listener in the united kingdom that sent us this info and i thought i just meant i thought we thought he thought you'd, you'd find this interesting because u.s nevada was made in massachusetts was it really oh cool and it was Quincy? uh could be we could or find out. Maybe. Well, maybe one of those, but um, it it was at Pearl Harbor. It was it was hit. It was damaged, but it was repaired. It did not sink. It managed to get under underway and steamed out. It was involved in D Day as a repaired ship. It was nuked twice in the fifties. They would just painted it orange because it was done and stuck it out and and try to blow it up. And it survived all that. And they eventually just turned it into a target drone and sank it. And finally, <laughs> after thirty years, now they found it at the bottom of the ocean. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but uh, but there it is, the USS Nevada. So, how cool the resolve of the resolve of our great country, Tom Shattuck. I believe will come through. I think there's you're already seeing it. So, uh, you know, certainly the <laughs> the squirrel table is one mm-hmm. view of it. But um, I believe we shall we shall overcome. You never know, George. The squirrel table business could be the new Microsoft and lift everybody up. And and you know and and I heck, heck I've been doing live uh, online meetings for years for all my customers and i think that's this just 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 accelerates the move that yeah 
And you know, I, when I, so my company, we're, we're virtual, so I'm basically my workday has not changed. Other than, I'll tell you what, I'm talking to a lot of talk shows that are, they, had, they had a studio and they're going to close it down. And oh, this is just right. You know, this, this tech that we're using from Backbone, phones with remote hosts. Tom is a remote host and he's somewhere 70 miles away from me. We're streaming out our show. We're going to produce the content and distribute it with my stuff. And it takes me like five or 10 minutes. I just have to sweeten the audio a bit and, you know, figure out what I'm going to say about it. And then it's out on the, on the world. Well, I got a guy in Buffalo who's going to produce someone who's living in, in Pasadena. And they're saying, we're not going to go back to our studio space. We're going to do this. And the money we're going to save from that, whatever, it's actually your cheaper. So, you know, I, I think everything will, we're very, people are already adapting to this. I'm doing, are you doing any deliveries? Are you doing any, any uh, grocery? I think we talked about this a little bit last time we were on. Uh, grocery deliveries? I'm doing Not that? Not grocery. No, I like grocery shopping, George. But um, but we've had f- definitely food deliveries, all sorts of different Right, things. and, and t- DoorDash, a great thing. It's it's very convenient. Yeah. And local restaurants that deliver. So, I mean, you know, but I, I mean, to be honest with you, part of the best part of my day was going out at lunchtime to buy dinner food, right? I was doing kind of the European yeah. method of buying fresh food every day. I'm not sort of doing that, but I'm I'm adapting. And yeah, well, George, like I've told you along those lines, you know, obviously we've got our chicken coop and our chicken run, which is all done. And there's all you can have eggs. Are out there. We'll have eggs. But there's nationally been, of course, a huge run on these as well. They're hugely in demand. Right. These baby chicks. Um, for that very reason, and we're starting a uh, big garden. My wife has already been nurturing these things, so um, you're adapting. So, yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I don't see me gravitating towards vegetables uh, anytime soon. <laughs> but but and it's easier to do. Like I said, I'm kind of in a rural place, so people know it's easier to do. Obviously, if you're up here, and we've got a lot of kids. We've got four kids, two dogs, twelve chickens. So it's it's um, it's more of a compound feeling. Anyway, right, you know, so well, but then again, you, George, like um, Bruce Wayne in your mansion, <laughs> as long as the know, deliveries keep going, own, I'm good. Your own kind of compound, I have my little compound. His- I've I still have my uh, my you know, I'll tell you, my my carpenter has been ill, he was actually in the hospital, not apparently not COVID 19, but he's getting better. But uh, there's been not much happening on, on the house upstairs. The downstairs is all you've seen the downstairs is pretty much done, but uh, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, my son's here. He's now a graduate of uh, Emerson College, and trying to figure oh, out what he's doing. Did he do the, the virtual graduation? They had they they had something last night, and we just neither of us showed up for it. You know, they're yeah. they're saying they're saying at some point there'll be a real graduation when we can do it. So well, did you did you did he get to hear the post from um, Matthew McConaughey on that? No, I don't know he if, he did, if he did notice. He, he, he gave a little post like on Facebook or Twitter or whatever <clears throat> um, to graduates of 2020. Mm-hmm. And that guy is awesome. He's a cool he dude. So it was an uplifting post, you know, and I agree with it too. He said, basically, you're the most special class I'll ever be. There'll never be another time when there's not a graduation and you guys are part of that and what a cool thing that is. Right. And yeah. And his, 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 um, his advice was find something that you love and that, you, that you're good enough to make a living at. He said, never stop looking. And he said, well, I'm 50 years old and I'm still looking. And it was very, it was very, that dude is just so cool. He's a cool dude. By the way, my son looked at me last night and he said, dad, I'm going to start an online streaming business doing uh, uh, video games. He's already signed up for e-commerce on YouTube and Twitch. And uh He's got a little following, and he says, "I got to go on a schedule now. I'm going to do scheduled broadcasts every day." So he's 
trying to go out and, and make some money in the new world, you know, on the online world. Which, that is, to be honest, has been his world for a while. I think this is just accelerating the move to, to we're all just sort of virtually in our spot connected to the grid. And mm-hmm. we don't go out. But I, I do think it's it's got to end eventually, you know? And I don't think we're all going to die. I think, sadly, people are have died and some more will die. And that is a terrible thing. But I think there are too many smart people working this. They're going to... The, the short term is they got to come up with something that treats it so it's not an instant death sentence to the people that are, that are affected by it. And then there'll be a vaccine at some point or, or some other mitigating thing. And um, it's... Every, there's been pandemics before with a lot less technology, and people we've we're still here. The world population. As a matter of fact, Tom Shattuck, I believe there'll be a baby boom in the next nine months. In nine months from now, there'll be a lot of kids. That's nature's way of replacing those who have left us. Right? <laughs> well, then again, George, you're got, you're uh, got a big head start on that, right? So uh, uh, yeah. right, but but, the, but then again, I believe hookup culture has been uh, damaged by this, probably. Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to get out and go meet people, right? If you can't go anywhere. Right, right, but you can't. Nobody can make bad decisions. Well, it's all then. online, right? There's a big online dating thing, anyway. So, you know, but uh, well, well, we will. We'll, it'll, it'll, it'll be okay. We'll be here to to depress you until then. <laughs> I'm not depressed. I, I gotta say that I've, I have not been. I'm not depressed. Yeah, I'm concerned. I've not really been at, at all, at all ever worried about this or had anxiety over this situation. Uh, since it's and maybe it's because I'm just dumb or or who knows, but I mean this is kind of cool. I don't mean the devastating effects on humankind and all of deaths. That's terrible, obviously, but it's so unusual. It's, it's history. So radical. Talk about something breaks the mon- monotony. Oh my gosh! I mean, this isn't. Well, um, you know what? It makes you take things for granted. Not that you used to take for granted that you don't. Just be able to go into town and go out and do things and sit at... I mean, I want to sit outside at a restaurant this summer, you know, and we're going to be yes. able to do that. I've Wouldn't been, that be great, George, I to know. go out and have a big beer? Oh, man, let's do that. It's nice, frothy, gorgeous beer. Exactly. You know, I think where people you are, can when you where you can ogle the beautiful women and I, since I'm happily married, would never think to do such. No, things. of course not. I would I would stop you if you ever acted mm-hmm. on that. But uh, yeah, you're more than welcome to. You could you could you could be uh, you could basically just um, just do be intelligence services for me. Just point things out, you know, as they as they approach, and I'll I'll take it from and there. Just think, George, <laughs> all across it, you've done a good deal to unite the world because we have we have listeners in England who are our we friends do. and who They're are our wonderful. Friends. And they're listeners from probably all around the world, every corner of the earth, and all of them at that one moment when you mentioned that you had to get your tires changed on your Italian sports car, all of them <laughs> they shared right the out. same thought. They clicked that off. one moment that you were a jerk. George, they un- they, they unsubscribed. Said, yes. But a total jerk. I am a total Google jerk. A jerk? No, but that's good, George. That was good. I like. I appreciated that. And you're, um, I, I think those kind of things. It was a car nobody together. wanted. No one, they hadn't sold it in a year no. and a half. And you, I, you bragged about the car, George. I and did. Made sure that you, we all knew that you were better than us. And that's I'm how. not done. But I, well, I needed tires, though. So I'm not mm-hmm. better than you. I changed my, by the way, I put they're, on, I, I put on my tires myself, George. by the way. I put on my tires myself. I did not go oh to my, some now he's European, yeah, I have a, I have a hydraulic jack and I have a torque wrench and I, um, I did all this and it was wonderful, you know, and I changed my, so I'm, I'm declaring winter over, by the way, my snow tires are off and my, my summer tires are off. <laughs> 
my personal handyman's out sick. My goodness. Don't George. have one of those. Yeah, well, no, my carpenter. I'm not, I, you know, these all this stuff isn't done in my house. I got a, a professional carpenter who's I, a terrific. I could never do what he, he does. You gave me an hour tour of your house, George, and we only saw a tenth of it. We did. We didn't. We, no, we pretty much saw all of it. Did we go to the, did you see the basement? There wasn't that much there. I don't know if we went to the basement. We did the attic. I know we went up to the attic. And that place is as big as, it's as a big your place. English friends would, as your English friends would say, the Pentagon. It might be, yeah. So I'm, I'm, and I'm very lucky to have it. So I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm. It's, it's a lot of work. Trust me. So, all right, all right. So Thomas, a pleasant day to you. By the way, it's it's a National Whiskey Day yesterday. Did you celebrate? Ooh, ooh, yes, with the vodka though. But yes, okay, good. It's World World Whiskey Day yesterday. I was pointed out by one of our English listeners pointed this out to me. And uh, I did uh, raise a glass virtually with him. I sent him a picture of my uh, same picture I sent you. Actually, a different glass, a a different filled glass. I liked it, and it was all good. So, Why did the Beatles get get so enamored by the stupid sitar when he had bagpipes all over the islands? Bagpipes are the coolest thing, and they're hard to play too. Yes, you got to really know what you're doing to do that. And it's cool. It's a great sound. Yes. All right. Should we call it a day? All right, George. Uh, see, you, see you soon. God bless you. Any similarity of Tom and George with actual human beings is purely coincidental. Your announcer, Jesus. Felicity Humphrey Smythe. <laughs> Frickin' frack. Here we are. <laughs> Bye-bye. God bless you. God bless you.